Show off air pod once again. Dan Sadik here alongside with Ryan Brown, Zach Lacey, and Jonathan Sullivan. We got a jam packed football show here today. Gonna talk about week six and week seven looking ahead for the Patriots. They lose 18 to 12 to the Denver Broncos at home. Absolutely tough, tough loss. Just a loss they usually never have. They're two and three now for the first time since 2002, whopping 18 years. That's tough. That's where we're at, and they're going to be playing the San Francisco 49ers tomorrow. 4.30 p.m. is the kickoff, or 4.25, rather. So Jimmy G going up against Cam Newton should be a good battle. But uh, how do we feel right now about the team, guys? Two and three, we're below 500, and yes, I said we. It is unprecedented, um, at least in the last, again, 18 years, so... Ryan, any lead-off thoughts on just what this team is looking like right now after that horrific loss to the Denver Broncos? Well, they're definitely not looking like a 12-14. and 14. I'll give you that much. Uh, if you're on that bandwagon, get off. Get off now. Uh, it, was, it was just like I thought it was going to be. Just offenses on both sides, super rusty. Cam didn't look too sharp at times. And it, it was it was just a grindy, kind of gritty game. And the Patriots could not make anything happen. That's just how it is. And obviously, you know, they didn't have much preparation. There was a few week uh, layoff period because of the game getting rescheduled. You know, who knows how much that did play into factor. All we know is, like, this offense is still learning as we're going here. And obviously with uh, a lot of young guys on defense coming in to new roles, you had to expect there was going to be, you know, some of that rust uh, with the lack of preparation. So, but against a team like the Denver Broncos, who it was just field goal nation, Brandon McManus, just an absolute beast, twenty four fantasy points that week. I mean, shout out to those fantasy owners. But seriously, do you own them? Is that what you're? I I may or may not. <laughs> yeah, okay. But Govern. The the point is, they lost an eighteen to twelve game to a team that they should have beaten. They should have converted on the last play of the game as well. Obviously, they had the double safety blitz on the final play. You had to make it. Cam to Nikhil. Timing was off. Who gets the most of the blame? Whatever. That doesn't matter. The point is, they didn't execute. And a guy like Brady, or just a, a, a game manager, he makes that play. He at least makes that play. Cam had enough time, and it just didn't end up working out. And those are the kind of things that really frustrate you, because that's a game you need to win at home against a team in your conference that you know pretty decently, at least the defense, and they were missing a bunch of guys as well, like Noah Fant, no Von Miller, no Cortland Sutton, obviously, and a guy in Drew Locke that was just coming back after an injury. So, sorry, but I, that you have to win that game. I mean, Edelman's the best quarterback on the team. That too. <laughs> two for we, two. We learned that. Cam's not a bad wide receiver either. No. Or tight end. <laughs> but, I mean, that's... I kind of what kind of expected going into the season. I mean, Cam's not the most accurate quarterback, even when he was in his prime, and he's gonna have weeks where it looks awful, like it did the other day. I mean, Edelman two catches for eight yards—that's abysmal. That's awful. I mean, the last play, 
I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about whose fault it is. On the replays, you can't see Nikhil come out of the break. Or at least I haven't seen him come out of his break at the top of his route. Some people said he ran the route to 15 yards instead of 10. How are you going to know that right. without being in the huddle? On face value, it just looks like an awful throw, and he missed him by a ton. But definitely more on the 4-12 and 12 train than the 12-4 and 4 train. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be uh, totally mistaken to say that. Uh, Jonathan, you got anything you want to add there? Uh, that was a gross game. Probably one of the yeah. grossest Patriot games, like, since... The, I mean, Kansas City was a gross game, too, but, like, they had Cam Newton playing quarterback against the Broncos. Ryan, I got to give you credit. You were right in half of what you said, that they were going to come out and be sluggish. The only thing is, is that we thought, or you thought, that they were going to pick it up in the second half, and they just never did. They were just sluggish the whole game. And it was like, I feel like we got into that mold because we've seen the Patriots come out in the first half in the past and kind of play like trash. But the difference is, is they have they had the GOAT. And if they had, like, Tom Brady, there's no chance they lose that game. Not one chance they lose uh, uh, yeah. last Sunday. No, I, 100%. To- I totally agree with that. And, again, like, Cam was fairly accurate. It's just he threw two picks, two turnovers that you just absolutely can't have. And, again, like, week to week, he is consistently getting his balls batted down. He's 6'5". He's got to be able to throw over linemen. I don't care if they're getting up there, if they're reading him, because it does seem like he does stare down uh, his routes sometimes. He does make good reads, obviously. But, you know, when you're doing that kind of thing, you're allowing the defense to, again – get turnovers like they had on that batted ball. I think it was his second pick that he threw in that game. And you just can't be making those mistakes, especially when your offense isn't going to be going off and being able to put up a 25, 30-point performance on a weekly basis. So turnovers cannot be coming that easily and that consistently from your quarterback, who is your best player on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I thought the defense the defense played – in my opinion, you know, uh, Jason McCourty's been struggling, but that's been something that's been going on all year. But for the most part, I thought the defense played fine. I mean, Denver has a trash offense, but the Patriots were giving them good field position, and the Patriots, obviously, as you mentioned, they were able to hold them to all field goals. But, I mean, 12 points for a Patriots offense. I mean, the last time Denver played before they played against New England, uh, the Jets scored 21 points against that Denver defense, and the Patriots can only get 12. I mean that that's embarrassing. The defense played good. I mean, you don't you don't allow any touchdowns. Yeah. You expect to win the ball game. Mm-hmm. That's simple as that. Defense did everything they could have done in yeah. that game to yeah. at least give them a chance. And the offense at no point wanted to make anything happen. What the hell happened to Damian Harris? Yeah, six for that, nineteen. That was that was tough. Where'd you go? Indeed. That was. I mean, they they just they didn't run it that much with him. Only six carries. Like. Hey. You know, Cam He's again. Still averaging three yards a carry. I know, but like, if why is Cam getting uh, ten attempts? And there's, I know he had he averaged seven and a half, so that's really good. Well, Obviously, he had half Cam, it on one run, right? But at the same time, I feel like if you're not doing anything with your running game with your backs that you do have, you had James White in that game, you had Burkhead, you had Damian Harris, so you're supposed to be able to utilize that. I thought that was going to be a key factor in this game. I thought they were going to try to run the ball and establish that, use the time of possession up a lot, keep that Denver D on the field as long as you can and wear them out. But they didn't do that. And they ran it 25 times. But still, 10 of those going to Cam, I just think you, like they got to get Harris, Burkhead, whoever's hot that day, White, 
whatever it is, they got to get them established just a little bit more than that. I mean, six, uh, six, five, and four between Harris, Burkhead, and White, respectively, I just think that's not enough. I don't think that's enough for their offense because, again, Edelman, uh, two catches for eight yards. You're just not. Give us, uh, give us Enkiel's stat line while you're giving Edelman's, please. I really would rather not. Um, two for zero. Because it was not. Wait, two targets, <laughs> zero receptions. Literally non existent. He got picked off but, on one of them, though. You know, James White, you know, was able to help you in the passing game, obviously. Demir Bird, I feel like, you know, I've seen highlights of, you know, film breakdown where he is getting open, he is getting separation. And Cam's he's just not looking his way uh, quite as much. And the tight ends, again, when are we going to get Asi Asi on the field more or getting more targets to him? Like Izzo had three catches. It's probably tripled his career average. Apparently, Asi Asi got a Cam Newton nickname. Cam Newton calls him a Kai Bowl. Can you elaborate? Like, you know what an Akai Bowl is? No. Oh. Okay. Yes. Well, like never mind. And stuff. Um, so it's he like calls a, him a Kybel. If he's uh, got the nickname, throw him the damn ball, Cam. You're willing to call him a freaking a Kybel. He's a rookie. Well, it's pronounced an Isaiye. Isaiye, whatever. Which is why it goes with his. Whatever. I call it a Kai. So I don't, I don't care. Care. <laughs> whatever. The so, point is, they like Ryan Izzo ain't cutting it. That dude, that catch that he had across the middle of the field, and then gets stripped. Like, what are we doing? It's just turnovers across the board. Three of them offensively, brutal. And your tight ends aren't giving you anything, and it's just a wash there. So your offense is struggling. So what is your ideal offensive – what does the offense look like in your world? What what do you want to see the offense doing? Running, passing, what do you you want the involvement? I want want them to be more of a a run-first team that utilizes Cam's ability to run, obviously, but then also utilizes their – their depth at the running back and how much they love Damian Harris and, and camp and the flashes we've seen from Burkhead here and there. You're not going to see that every week, but the fact that he's still capable is nice. So they had 27 passes, 25 runs. What are you, what are you looking at? I yeah. want, I want some more runs. You want like 60% runs about because I think that's ultimately that's going to be their strength. When their offensive line is, is clicking, they have a good offensive line when they're healthy. And again, if you're able to be unpredictable with your RPO and how you're going to run the ball, and who's who's in the backfield and how you can utilize those three guys, because Sony Michelle at this rate, who knows? I don't know. I just think you need more of that. That needs to be more of your offensive focus, and then let the passing game come into fruition after that. And again, yeah, just. I mean, the reason why they didn't run it as much as you would like them to is because they, once they get down, I mean, they had to pass it. Every basically every play at the end of the game, the last two drafts they were down. Yeah, you know? but they 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 weren't down by like an exorbitant amount, you know, throughout the whole game. It's not like the Broncos were just hanging TDs on them or anything like that, you know. So I don't know. It's like do you, like do you just abandon the run when you're down, say a couple field goals? Like I I just don't think. No, you abandon the run when the only person that can run is your quarterback. Yeah. Well, do you want to guess where the Pats They're... are in, in running percentage this year? Where? They're probably right at the top, right? They're number three. Number three. Right behind Baltimore and Cleveland. Right. But in this game specifically, specifically, I just think if you're going up a team like Denver, you're not expecting a shootout. You're not expecting them to, to hang 30 on you, which they didn't. They only put up 18. So 
I just don't get the reluctance to stick with the running game. I know they weren't crazy effective, but this team's passing game isn't good enough to just be like, oh, we're all set with the run. We're just going to try to air it out. Well, when you're not, when you're not running it well, you put yourself behind the chains, and then you have to throw in obvious passing situations and makes it even harder to throw. Yeah. When you're running it effectively, you get into second and threes, second and fours, and they're not expecting it, and you can pass, and then you get guys more open. Yeah. Right. But if, if, it's, if you can't effectively run the ball, you have to pass first to set up the run. Right. You have to reverse the angle. Regardless, regardless, if they did pass well, they would have been able to go back to it. They didn't pass well, so they didn't go. So either way... So I'm just confused as to why you're you're like critiquing the, the game strategy, the game plan, the, sh- the breakdown of the, the how it went. I just I think... Because I just think it ultimately it was a mistake. It didn't work. Nothing worked. I know. Nothing worked. But like... <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and, and uh, you know, 10 times out of 10 be like, yeah, they should have started just airing it out or start abandoning the run game uh, because you weren't down by a whole hell of a lot. And I just think that they have a good amount of talent in that backfield in the offensive line. But and on a short, really, no, I don't know, what, like two days of practice between their last game and, and this last week's game, like that's... I just feel like you don't have too much offensively installed there or guys just aren't going to be able to execute what you want to be able to execute because you weren't able to prepare for that team the way you wanted to. But no matter what, again, you're right. Both didn't work. That's the issue. And against a Denver D that is decent uh, without their star, I just thought I really did. I really thought that they would be able to do more. I did not, did not foresee that many turnovers from the Patriots on offense and it sucks because the defense played well they really did I mean they tried everything they brought out multiple like gadget plays out of out yeah. of the tool shed and the like fa- you said Edelman two passes yeah they tried everything and, and no. they still couldn't get anything going and that so, is depressing yeah that is very disheartening because if it means that all the momentum they had before COVID sort of started eating at the team is gone it's just gone. And now now you're met with a harsh reality of if they don't get it back, and they don't get it back soon, Zach is going to be looking pretty good at a 7-9, 8-8. I mean, I think it, it honestly might be a struggle to get the 7-9 right now. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, if they don't turn it around quick, yeah. There's I mean, not a lot of games you can look at right now and be like, yes, they are 100% winning well, that yeah, game. Well, yeah, starts this week against San Fran. They have to get back to even even water, back to 3-3. Three and three. And just go from there, restart, and start getting full practice weeks again, and hopefully nobody else gets COVID on the damn team. And, yeah, I do hope they do something at the trade deadline. Or I don't I, so. After the whiff they had with Sanu yeah, last they year. They lose tomorrow. They're sellers. Yeah, well, that's, that's the if thing. Anything, it's but going. that's the thing. is like, what do you think? Like, If they do end up selling, is Gilmore a guy that goes or Tooney in your mind? I mean, it's I mean, not going to float- be a fire sale. I floated Edelman. Well, no, but I like, floated Edelman a couple weeks ago. I still wouldn't be surprised if they're, you know, whatever two and four or two and five. And I they, could see a guy like Slater going too. You know, team looking for an all all pro retirement or special teams guy. 
Yeah, I that just that would hurt. What the re- that would hurt, but <laughs> what would the return even be though on that? Like you're, you're, just, looking, you're just looking for a late late round pick. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, and then yeah. Bill, Bill just acquires picks and then flips them all. Yeah, yeah. take a fifth. So and you then don't you don't two think... thirds in three years and yeah down the line and down the line. If they're sellers, the you got you, you you don't think they're they would deal anyone big and try to get a big return. Oh, like, I don't think there's anybody that's safe. Yeah, like anybody definitely right. staying. I just don't know if there's a market for. The guys that you're probably thinking of. Yeah, right like now. a Tooney or a Gilmore along those. I mean, maybe Edelman, but. Because let's be honest, the NFL trade deadline isn't like MLB no. or no. NBA no, 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 or anything no. like that. No, no, no. But well, um, the money's so much harder in the NFL because the teams are really almost at their cap usually. Yep. So they can't take on that extra right. salary. Right. So you either have to make the money work yeah. or you've got to finagle it some other way by like cutting people. Yeah. There's not really money dumps like in the. NBA. If stuff. anything, yeah, I could see Bill. You know, if they're still in the mix, making like a, you know, dealing like a, a mid rounder, like you know, just trying to uh, identify a guy that he likes and taking a shot. Yeah. You know, I've heard a little Kyle Rudolph rumblings, like stuff like that, like a guy that you wouldn't have to, you know, really pay up for. Uh, so I don't know, but they could certainly use the help, no matter what it is, um, no matter where they get that help, but. Yeah, they they play San Fran Sunday, four thirty, and that's a must win. It's it's the earliest must win in the, in the the regular season that I can ever remember for the Patriots, being like they must win this game. Yeah, like maybe since that uh, the Trent Dilfer, they're just not that good anymore. That yeah yeah, yeah on to Cincinnati, and that was fairly late, like week five. No, so that was week five. wow. So. Yeah. Yeah, but also, you know, it just felt different then. Like, you know, us Patriots fans, I feel like part of us was like, oh, shit. The other part was like Brady, Belichick, like they should be able to, you know, figure it out. Like he's not done. Yeah. Well, I feel like the biggest two things in the NFL for you to be a successful franchise is coach quarterback. The Patriots obviously have the coach. The question is whether they have the quarterback or not. And that's been the question the whole season. And it will once again be up for question on Sunday. Well, if you'd have to say right now, the the Brady Belichick debate, who's more who is more important to the run? Ooh, I mean, the, uh, right now the Bucks, are, the Bucks are looking nice. Right now, it's looking, looking like nice. it's before it was very much a toss up. I don't, I didn't yeah. really have before a strong, last week. I definitely thought it was a toss up. Yeah, I didn't have a strong opinion either way. But if this season ends up going the way that I think it's gonna go, I think it'd be a landslide that if Brady was more. And important. the Bucks now have. Granted another Tommy wish, and they sign AB, <laughs> Antonio Brown. Go Bucks! I mean, it's funny because, like, before the season started, Bruce Arians was asked about it. He's like, nope, nope, not our guy. Not not our guy for the locker room. Nope, not a fit. We're all good. And then what do you know? You get to week seven, and Tommy's like probably, hey, I need my guy. Come on. He's, he's free in two weeks. Come on. Let's go. Time's ticking. And Bruce was like, all right, all right, whatever. And they bring an AB on just a little more than the vet minimum for one year. And that Bucks offense could get really fun. Because he's like, even though he's been with those Bucks guys for so long, like him and AB just seem like they have that, that different level of like timing and rapport and just elite level, you know, just that, that kind of elite level of, of timing. Well, I mean, the one week that he played with the pass, he, sounded, he looked pretty good. He looked pretty freaking good. 
He also force fed the shit out of him. <laughs> That's true too. Yeah, but the back shoulder touchdown catch he had hot. that was there cool. Yeah. You're oh. also playing Miami, which they sucked yeah. last year. Now yeah. What was the stat line in that game like? He had like four for 57 five or something. For 57 and a but I do remember that was he, like was, targets, he was so cooking that. in the first half, but then the, they were like over in the second half, I think. Something like that. I thought it was the other way around. But No, regardless. I think he, start, he started hot. Um, how many, I mean, do we really think Antonio Brown's going to make it through the rest of the season? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I honestly, I, like, I just feel like it's one of those things like, it's going to work now. Like, of course it's going to work now. It's just, I have that feeling of, like, he's going to keep it together just long enough where he's going to make it through the season. He's not going to, like, all that stuff that, that came out, you know, all of the sexual misconduct, all of those allegations, all that, like, week two it was or whatever, or week three, and it just all piled on him. And it was just a, just a flurry of all these, uh, whatever, investigations, all of it. So it's like the Patriots were... You know, there's nothing they could do. Bill's getting berated uh, media day, like, every other day uh, about A.B. So, like, I just don't see that happening this time. Like, yeah, is he going to get, like, anything he does, like, wrong? Like, could that get highlighted more so now? Because it's like, all right, it's your second chance here, and you've burnt three teams on your way. I don't know. I don't know. It is a fair question to ask. Definitely fair, Ryan. Who gets kicked off their new team first, A.B. or Le'Veon? A.B. A B, A B. I'd see Le'Veon I, for Clyde. I think it's Le'Veon. <laughs> Le'Veon gets cut because Clyde's rude. too good. I think I think Brady gets A B in line. I think Le'Veon's just a cancer, dude. Yeah, he Dan, just hates everything. And uh, you mentioned that Bruce Arians. You were like Bruce Arians said that you know we're not signing him. He's not yeah. our guy. I think this is another prime example of why Tom Brady's in Tampa and not New England yeah. right now because. Yeah. Who cares what the coach says? What Tommy wants, Tommy gets in Tampa Bay. But like, That's what rolls. But, like, in theory, like, the Pats tried to do that at least a little bit in 2019, like, bringing in A.B. Apparently, Brady did like Sanu a lot, so... But, but I know, like, besides that, like, this is... He I mean, really I think has, Brady has, like, basically he, free reign. Yeah, he got Gronk to come does. back and bring him in the reins. You know, obviously getting A.B., holding all those workouts, just... Uh, the whole thing, he runs that team top to bottom. Like, that is that is the Brady operation over there in Tampa. I, I just think that it's A.B. that's going to get cut first of the two of them because A.B. is, I feel like, is more prone to having some implosion than Le'Veon. And I would like to think, and I could be wrong here, I would like to think that if Le'Veon Bell is going to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs when they have a first-round run running back talent just drafted there who was excelling <laughs> he can't expect to get like bell cow workload i mean he's Le'Veon. that's where he he can't be that stupid to think he that he's gonna he get literally... 20 carries a game with if, the chiefs if he could last two years with the new york jets if he didn't want to be there. i know but if he i know it was it was the money i know but like if he can't last with the chiefs then, yeah, that he is just, he's worse than A.B. in some ways. I have to just believe on the surface that he is ring-chasing, and this is nothing more, and he just wants to contribute as much as possible, and if it doesn't, if he doesn't get what he wants this year, then he's done. He's done. But I'm, I can totally see A.B. in, like, week 13 having some stupid controversy pop up where some story comes out of nowhere, allegations, whatever, or he says something that's taken out of context, and then 
blah, 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 blah happens, and the team's like, screw it, we can't do this anymore. You're yeah, gone. Yeah, I can see that too. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that is more likely than Le'Veon being a whiny little bitch about how his playing time. I can see both of them not being on a team in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, I hope, know. I pray Le'Veon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But yeah, if it's if AB, you're right. If AB is on board, is his somewhat usual self, and you pair him with Evans and Godwin, good God, we're we're having throwbacks to when AB signed with the Pats. Yeah, I mean that's literally it's it's just deja vu, and but this time I just have that feeling like it, it is gonna work. And, and this gonna... time all the wide receivers are in their prime and are actually like really right. good. Yeah, you're not Hopefully... banking on this skeleton of Josh Gordon to hopefully, go Cleveland. Hopefully Godwin can stay healthy going forward, but yeah, if they have those three out there, that is scary. That is just a scary offense. If, if Brady's able to have enough time, if he's able to to really run that offense, I mean, yeah. good lord. Because, you know, the Bucks looked great last week, but also he didn't like necessarily light it up, you know, numbers-wise. Yeah. That was the defense. Right. Just tearing... Aaron Rodgers, a new one. That defense also had 20 points in fantasy. Shout out to whoever started them. Uh, just letting you know. Uh, I mean, the biggest detriment between Tampa Bay and being really, really good is their freaking training staff. They can't keep anybody healthy. And yeah. Wide receivers, hamstring they injuries die. in Tampa. It, it, it's, it's, it a, happened it's a, last it's year. a mortal lock. It is. I should mortal lock that this week. <laughs> I'm mortal locking a hamstring injury for Tampa Bay. <laughs> That'd be my probably. love. You have to fantasy love. Specify the position. <laughs> Wide receiver. Specifically 100%. Mike Evans. Probably Mike Evans. Probably gonna be Mike Evans. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Godwin re-injuring it right off the bat is also not as bad. I mean, I could see the the classic Mike Evans like pulls the hammy in the second quarter, misses like a drive. But it comes back in the third and catches some bomb and then like limps off the field. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, so we see the Bills get hit as well with uh, COVID on their tight ends. Uh, Dawson Knox. Peace, Dawson Knox. Yeah, he, he gets peace. The only I think the only active tight end they're gonna have is Tyler Croft. Yeah, that was because he wasn't with the he, team. He was with his pregnant wife. Uh, apparently she was Giving birth, so but they're playing the Jets, so that game shouldn't. I mean, it, the Bills should roll the freaking Jets. They're at MetLife, the worst stadium in history, so that should be a wash. Uh, no competition there, but um, yeah. Any other just like Pats and Forty ers Anything other than like the consequences? Like we talked about the impact of this game. It's a big impact. If they go t- down two and four, I mean, how I. You couldn't feasibly see them working their way out of that kind of a hole. Especially, again, like you said, uh, Zach and Ryan, with their schedule just getting tougher. There's no, there's not really many gimmies there. This one should be, quote-unquote, a gimme in that they're 2-3. and three. You can't think that this team, Bill, that competitive drive, that kind of, you know, the way they run the team, you can't, like, I just don't envision them losing this game. You said that last week. I said week. that last week. So, like, if it happens... Please, please say sight. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So, that's what I'm going by here. Age-old... Just, please don't call this a gimme. Because it's not a gimme anymore. Not even close. No, but, like, I just meant in the context of, like, what we know of the identity of the Patriots is that 
And I know they don't have Tom, but this is a game that this team under Bill, this regime, this is the exact type of game they do not lose. They they bounce back, they get the train back on the track, and we see what goes from there. I mean, yes, they've always done that, but they've always been a good team. No. I don't know if they're always. a good team. Anymore. I know, I know. And that's that's the question I <laughs> we think. We don't know if they can do this with Cam as the quarterback. I we think, don't know. I think this pretty much answers that question this week. You know, maybe not answers if they're good or not, but if if they bounce back, we know they're not like trash gonna be like, you know, a, a two and you know, fourteen, like four and twelve team, likely. So it's not gonna be big easy. game. It's a big it's, it's not a gonna be easy big, the way Garoppolo played last week. Not gonna be easy. No. No. And uh Yeah, no. It's a scary one. Scary one to say the least. Kinda glad it's at four twenty five and not one o'clock because it was at one I just wouldn't be ready for it. Would not be ready for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, mentally prepare yourself. Yeah. You need uh <laughs> that whole afternoon. Oh it means DR can watch Red Zone with us. <laughs> so we can move on to week uh seven. After going over that game, um, we can get into Mortal Locks and everything as well. Um, we want to start with just like any of our favorite games on the slate. Um, I think that there's a few pretty good ones. Obviously, the one that we just mentioned, Seahawks and Cardinals on Sunday Night Football is going to be a really, really good one. Russ against Kyler Murray. Uh, division battle right there. Seahawks 5-0 and with not that great of a defense, which is pretty interesting. And then obviously... Uh, Two five and O teams, the Titans and the Steelers. That's going to be a really, really good game as well. Obviously, you get one of those teams knocked off. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys had any in particular, but those are just a couple I wanted to mention. Wait, did they move my Raiders game from Sunday Night Football? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, did. they did because uh, the entire Raiders offensive line got placed on the COVID list. Oh, did they did they cancel this week? No, no. they just so, they just got moved off the COVID list yeah, like an hour or two ago. Yeah, they're anticipating. Yeah, they were anticipating that they would get off just in time to be able to dress enough linemen. Oh. Yeah, but they needed a in to case it got safe. canceled. They needed a, a Sunday night game on NBC. So they flipped it. Gotcha. Yeah, that should be that should be good now. Um, my raid is gonna take down Tampa Bay. It's gonna be Bucks are rolling. That fraud Oakland team. Even though they beat KC a couple weeks ago, that'll be a good one, though. Um, I want to see how the Chiefs do against the Broncos because they have struggled against their division opponents this year. They they struggled to beat. They needed a, a field goal like the last seconds of the game to beat the Chargers, and they. Got dicked down by the Raiders. Uh, they should be able to wipe the floor with the Broncos, but I, I want to see if the Broncos can make a game of this. We also thought the Pats are going to wipe the floor with the Broncos. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I don't think... I know that the line is... I think for us, it's 9.5 for so. the Chiefs, but it's down to 7.5 now. So, I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to believe this could be a closer than expected game. We'll see what Drew Locke's got. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can tell you why the lines moved down. It's one of my mortal locks. I don't know if we want to get into that, or you still have more games to play. No, but... I mean, I'm down. Please. Okay. So the floor my, is yours. The first mortal lock I'm going to do. First. I'm doing two. Is the under in the Denver-Kansas City game, because tomorrow Denver's Kansas City Soft. game is the first snowball of the 2020 <laughs> NFL season. 
19 degrees at kickoff tomorrow and snow. Bring that line down. Under hammer the unders in the snow, in the cold. What's the over under? I don't know. (laughs) But whatever because whatever it is, I'm hammering it. That's how confident I am in it. The Kansas City's over under is forty seven. Kansas City's offense. Alright, forty seven. They thrive on the deep ball and stuff. They didn't do it last week against Buffalo. I think they're going to have a similar game plan to what they did against Buffalo because that game was also not not the best weather. You know, 20 degrees and snowing out just doesn't feel like a deep ball, throwing the ball around type of game. Love the under tomorrow. I'm also more than locking an under. Okay. But it's not your under. Oh, God. It's the, uh, the Rams and the Bears, 45 and a half. Absolute under, easy money. The last two times they've matched up. 2018 2019, the scores were 17-7 and 15-6. Hey, okay, okay. What these two teams get together, it is a slugfest and an offensive crapshoot. Uh, the defenses are usually pretty good as a whole, not just against each other. Um, and I just don't expect any any like offensive shootout whatsoever. I I, I just don't expect points here. Both teams are in the top seven in the league in points allowed and yards allowed on the season. So give me the under 45 and a half easy money here. All right. You want to go over-unders? <laughs> Seattle, Arizona. <laughs> Hammer the over. <laughs> Life's too short to bet the under. Arizona and Seattle cannot play defense to save their freaking lives, and they have two of the best quarterbacks in the league. This should be an absolute shootout. I'm talking maybe 70 points. Woo! This is what? easy over. Oh, man, we're talking like 38-31 type yeah, of score. hammer this Woo! shit. <laughs> we're talking like 42-34 Fendi. type of stuff. Oh, all right. Lord. So, Lordy. I got in trouble already this week doing this. I loved the Giants uh, plus 7.5 on Thursday Night Football. But I was, you know, doing my little... Pick them thing, and I was like, you know what? Money line. I, you know, I just get greedy, and I'm like, seven and a half. No, money line because the Eagles suck, and they do suck, Jonathan. They're they do fucking suck. terrible. They, they're but not, they're okay. I, you would think, <laughs> you would think I learned my lesson, but this is exactly what you want to double down on something like this. I'm telling you, the away Chicago Bears Monday Night Football going to the L.A. Rams. The Rams are minus six and a half. Don't take the spread plus six and a half. Money line, Chicago money line. This is a playoff team. Five and one going on to six and one. They're going to win the NFC North. The Packers suck. The Packers got throttled by the Bucks. The Bears have beaten the Bucks. Ipso facto, Bears are going to beat the Rams. Put it on the board. Nah, little Mike likes that too, so I'm not. I'm oh, not. oh, no. <laughs> <Rip> you. Ah. <laughs> uh, so Jonathan, you have a second mortal lock. Yeah, I have oh. I have a spread mortal lock, which was uh, I would just like to retweet everything Dan said about the Patriots. The Patriots are winning tomorrow, covering the minus two and a half. All they gotta do is win by a field goal, and that covers, no doubt. They're covering tomorrow because if they don't, their season is over. Bendy, I also have a second mortal lock. <laughs> This is the actual one that I put in our pick'em. But how Dallas and the football team was a pick'em. 
is ridiculous. Dallas is going to obliterate the football team. I don't care who's that quarterback. You put a blind guy back there. The football team stinks. Wow. Other than throwing to my boy Antonio Gibson, they stink. Uh, I also have a second mortal lock for the second straight week. Yes. Uh, I am taking Detroit Moneyline against the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta got their first one of the season after firing their coach. You know what that means, Jonathan. They're going back to their losing ways. Although Houston almost won. Houston did almost win. Almost won, but they didn't. Almost doesn't count. The Lions are 9-2 against the spread after a bye since 2010, and they're facing the Falcons team, like I said, just fired Dan Quinn. The Lions aren't coming off a bye, though. Yeah, they are. No, they played at Jacksonville last week. Yeah, DeAndre Swift had like a 27-point fantasy week. My they're fantasy two weeks, they're two week. weeks off the bye. Two weeks mm, off the bye. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough. Still take Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have one last uh, uh, mortal, sure. mortal walk. It's yeah, actually, he's pulling out of his ass right now. No, it's, no, it's an over-under spread. Oh, um, okay. So I love the over in the Broncos and the Chiefs. I think the over is hitting. <laughs> Snowball, I don't care. You know how many times the Hanson bet has hit? All, you know, the total point spread over the whole week yeah. over. The late night. The, the late scores, night game is going to cover that. The Hansen. scores have been going up and up and up. Nothing but up this year. I'm telling you. Doesn't matter about no snowball. You think Pat Mahomes cares about a snowball? Yes. Nah. You think Clyde Edwards Hilaire cares about a freaking snowball? It's a nah. great day to run the football. It is a great day to run the over, football. Over. Over. But teams that, when you run the football a lot. T- Hammer it. it tends to be low scoring because you have a lot of just break massive runs. Nobody <laughs> can tackle oh, yeah. on the snowball. Yeah. He's just gone. Every play. Clyde 80, Philip Lindsay 80. Boom. Love to see it. We're back. Absolutely love to see it. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> fantasy love and fantasy hate time. Jonathan, would you like to lead us off since sure. you let us off with the Mortal Locks? Alright, my fantasy love this week. This is a streamer in the tight end position. For someone like me that has uh, Mike Gusecki, who's on the bye, then picks up Austin Hooper yep. to spot start. Later. He dies. Darren Fells. Tight end for the Houston Texans. Stream this John this week. Jordan Agins is out. Jordan Agins was out last week. Darren Fells went for 6.85 and a touchdown. They're playing Green Bay, who just got cooked by the corpse of Rob Gronkowski last week for 5.78 and a touchdown. I expect similar numbers for um, Darren Fells this week. Stream that, John, if you need a, a quick tight end pick. We know there's going to be points in that Houston-Green Bay game. Both of those defenses are meh. Love the Darren Fells play tomorrow with uh, Jordan Akins out. He's the only tight end Houston really has. Nice, nice. Ryan? Uh, I like T. Higgins this week against the Browns. Uh, he only had three catches for 35 yards and no touchdowns in week two versus the Browns. But that was his really his first NFL game. He only had 15 snaps in week one. Uh, now that he's fully integrated into the offense, they don't have Joe Mixon. Their, Gio Bernard is their de facto starting running back. They're going to be throwing the ball, and Joe Burrow is going to be looking T. Higgins' way. I think he's going to have solid wide receiver two numbers this week. I love that. I will say I am, I am starting uh, T. Higgins in the league this week, so thank you for You're welcome. So sad I dropped T. Higgins after week two <laughs> to make room for, I don't even know, something trash probably. <laughs> but my love also comes from that game. Ryan alluded to him. Gio Bernard. You need a streamer 
this week like I do. Go pick up Gio Bernard. He's going to have a huge week with Joe mixing that trash can off the field finally. Get Gio Bernard some catches. Joe Burrow's going to be throwing it a lot to Gio. And those are just points, baby. Just rack them up. Screen passes. Give me 15 catches. 15 catches. I... Sounds realistic. I like sound, though. 15 catches for like 25 <laughs> yards. I'd take it. My fantasy love is my guy, Cole Beasley. Again. <laughs> Again. Yeah, I didn't He's been him. good. I didn't pick him yet. I think you did pick him this year. I may have picked him early, but... Guess what? Four of his outings, he's had at least a dozen fantasy points. He may not be the number one target for Josh Allen, but guess what? He's going to be thin on tight ends. They're going going up against the trash New York Jets, the worst organization in all of the NFL. The New York Jets, a joke of a team. I don't care if they're on the road. They're not traveling far at all from Buffalo to freaking New Jersey. Not not a bad trip, and I think Cole Beasley is going to have himself a really nice day. I think he had, I believe he had 17 last week. And just look for him to be a guy to probably get in the end zone once. All he needs is like 5 and 50 with a TD. 16 points right there. Boom. Cole Beasley, flex option. Quick math. Yeah, I got you. I just hope Cole Beasley gets in the end zone early because I think the Bills are going to be up pretty big and they'll just start running it. Yeah, if he doesn't have much by the second half, he's probably not getting anything. Fair assessment, Z. Appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, that's the fantasy. Well, Jonathan, do you have a hate that you would like to get across the board here? I do have a fantasy hate, Daniel. Uh, yes. Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> As uh, I mentioned earlier, I love the under in the Denver-Kansas City game. Love the over. You guys mentioned how you think is how you also, even though if you like the over, you still think it's going to be a run-heavy game. Over. My hate this week is... Tyreek Hill. Ooh. You obviously, if you have Tyreek Hill, you got to start him. He's you put, play him in your wide receiver one spot. But I will tell you this: last week he had a pretty awful outing for Tyreek Hill. Three catches for twenty yards. I don't expect him to be that bad this week in the snow. But I just I can't see him. You know, I just don't see those big, the big plays tomorrow in the snow. I just don't see it. And he thrives on those big plays, those deep bombs. And, you know, you got you have them, you got to start them. But you got to temper your expectations. I would expect, you know, flex level output from Tyreek Hill. Not wide receiver one output from him this weekend. I will I say that. that last year, I do recall fancy hating Tyreek Hill against the Broncos. <laughs> And it lived up to it the height for about a half, and then he exploded for two big plays. <laughs> this and it. year, it will live up for two halves. All right. Good Maybe two quarters. Uh, my fantasy hate Maybe is, two games. Is Ryan Tannehill <laughs> against the Steelers this week. Tannehill, he's just been a freight train. It's just a re- revelation for the Titans for about a year now. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy over that time frame. But... I think this is the week where he hits a bump in the tracks. Uh, no QB has thrown for 300 yards against the Steelers or three TDs against the Steelers. And they the Steelers D is coming off of an impressive mugging of Baker and the Browns. Uh, so while I think Tannehill still could get you 15 points or so, which is solid, I, I don't think you're, you should expect him to pop off for 20-plus. I think you'd be, I think you'd, you'd be generous or lucky to get 14 or 15 from Tannehill this week. 
Alright, my hate has nothing to do with this week. I hate Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> just, you can just go shove one, buddy. I mean, you had to go to the Chiefs. You had to go Andy. cut Clyde's legs out from under him. Could have been RB1 in Buffalo. Could have been RB1 Day in one. Buffalo. Walks in RB1. Easily. Devin Singletary is trash. Zach oh, Moss, okay. trash. You could have gone okay. anywhere else and been an RB1. I hate you. Well then. Um, my fantasy hate belongs to the Philadelphia Eagles as a whole team. Their defense, Carson Wentz, useless. Their wide receivers, useless. Carson Wentz a good Boston fantasy Scott will give you this random burst. You know, eight weeks after you could have used them, you know, when Miles Sanders is out. Turns out when Miles Sanders is out post, like, week five, Boston Scott just turns into a, you know, nice fantasy machine in a PPR league. But um, regardless of, of that, you know, I just that Eagles team is always banged up, and they're on the downswing until they make a move at quarterback. There's really no value there fantasy-wise. Like, like, one of the worst fantasy value teams in the league so I just stay away from all those players. I hate them. The Eagles. The Eagles. Didn't Carson Wentz have like twenty? Carson Wentz. Yeah. Carson Wentz a, a top ten quarterback like this year. Going, coming in this week, top ten quarterback. I. Travis just Fulgren going forward. Has he been he has he has some value, but he's like so just gonna, pure pure. You think okay. Miles Sanders is just dead? I don't know. He might be. He's already gotten hurt twice this year, and I just don't believe in that team. Not one bit. It's my fantasy hate. Fuck him. But yeah, so huge week. Huge week for the Pats, guys. I just... Nice drop, Zach. Um, it's just... Hey, it could be worse. He could think that the Lions are coming off a bye week. That's true. You know. Or he could think that daily savings time is happening tonight. <laughs> and that Kansas City is favored by 21 and a half. Or <laughs> they're playing the Jets. Or that the Pats are going 12 and 40. Just remember Broncos or 95%. Chiefs. Broncos Chiefs over. Just keep that in mind. Broncos Chiefs over. No, Just Broncos Kansas City under. I mean, I feel like you have to do the bet now. You have to do it you, now. If you're gonna, oh, it's snowing out. It must be a blizzard bet. Blizzard for bet. the snow. Blizzard bet. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's run it. So I owe you one blizzard right now. That's tough. Double or nothing. Double or nothing. Ooh. So if that wins, you'll I'll owe you one, and if no, no, no double or no, nothing. Okay. Dude, I'll I'll you, I get nothing. I just want to make sure. No, no. I'm not doing that. It's either he owes two or nothing. No, no. Okay. No. No. You're putting one up. Okay. Okay. What's so you guys That's, gonna buy each other a blizzard? Potentially. Yeah. We're going on a little blizzard date. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. What? But I'm gonna. I'm. It's gonna be like I'm gonna win double or nothing because Kansas City Denver is the easiest under I've seen in my life. You just hate know, fun. <laughs> you hate fun. I, I just think the Chicago LA Rams under is the easiest under. Just, that's a right. That's just a rat too bet. short no. to bet the under. Thank you. Chicago money line too. Easiest bet of all time. <laughs> no, you uh, you want to take the points there. You want to take yeah. the points. I like there. Chicago with the points. No, I'm okay money line because it's under it's under a touchdown. I'm okay with that. Money line, money line for the Bears. You know, that. Nope. we uh, I I love the pick Dan though because you know the Bears run. 
the NFC with yeah. the Bucks. They're, the Bears and the Bucks run the NFC. Win, they're winning the North. <laughs> it's not even a question anymore. It's a matter of when. What about my Vikings? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Vikings. About, how about them Vikings? Oh my God! Alexander Madison time. Dude, Alexander here. Madison oh. killing the boys. I mean, you stash him on your bench solely in case Dalvin Cook is hurt. Dalvin Cook gets hurt. He's ESPN projects him as the number five running back last week. Four points in PPR. <laughs> Disgusting. So sad. And of course, if you're like me, you started him over his uh, in your flex over his Vikings teammate Justin Jefferson, who only had uh, 39.6 points uh, last Sunday. That's pretty good. I'll do some quick Is math it? for yeah, you. That's so. a 35.6 point difference between the two. Is that a lot? Feels like a lot. Uh, it feels fantasy, like it should have cost you your fantasy match. Did you win? It certainly did cost me. In that, would in you that have won if you started Justin Jefferson? Yes, I lost by uh, seventeen. That hurts. It does hurt. <laughs> it hurts a lot. Was there even a question in your mind that you were going to start? Dude, when Dalvin Cook gets hurt, you have to start Alexander Madison the first week. I agree. But I'm saying, was there even a question in your mind that I would start Justin Jefferson over? Yeah. Never. No. Well, it makes you feel a little better. Kind of, but... A Dalvin Cook just had to go get hurt. He had to go get hurt the week before. <laughs> You've wanted it, though. You've wanted it. Yes, because you and Madison I is going to be... A Madison is killing me. He <laughs> is, like, a better version of... um. Uh, why can't I remember his name? Oh, Kalen Balash. He's <laughs> killing me. But one day, he will break out. But Madison has actually done it. Yeah. Our 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 but king, one day, Balaj, has literally one never One day done a thing when I start him, he will break out. One okay. day Rashad Penny will also break yes, out. That is fantastic. No. One day. No. <laughs> he is the best running back on that Seattle oh, team. Fendi. Fendi. Not even close. <laughs> Fendi. Oh, Carlos man. Hyde, Shell, old man. We know that. <laughs> Any uh final Final thoughts on the NFL here? Yeah. Week seven. One big one. Yeah, Zach. Fuck Duke. Fuck Duke. <laughs> but also, real quick, uh, Dodgers and Rays. Uh, Dodgers up 2-1. Uh, I think we all kind of probably feel like the Dodgers are going to finally do it. Mm-hmm. Or Zach. Zach's feeling differently. I think. Kurt, I don't know. I am rooting for a win. Win here. Go up 3-1. Kershaw game five. Joke. Let that man find, put him in that spot. Because either way, it's going to be great. It's, he's either going to choke and it's going to be all the people that want the shot in Freud are going to be like, yes, yes, misery, pain. And all the people that are rooting for him, if he does get over the hump, it'll be a nice story. So either way, I think that's just good. I'm rooting for a good story. I think you get a bounce back tonight from the Rays. Damn. I'm just rooting for game seven. Yeah. The Rays pitching is too good. I, I think this is definitely going seven. I would, I mean, game, you know, seven's fine with me, but I, I do kind of hope Kershaw doesn't choke his brains out like that. I hope Kershaw comes out in the ninth inning for game seven with the lead, <laughs> and he gives up an absolute <laughs> tank to Michael Brousseau, just like he hit one off Chapman, and it'll be just great. Um, and, you know, of course, you know, Red Sox getting exactly what they deserve and the fact that Mookie... You see all the Red Sox guys in the World Series? It's lit. 
It's insane, bro. It's almost like, it's almost like you know, wish we wish we could have kept him somehow. Again, whatever it is, what it is, it just sucks to see him all locked up there for the next thirteen years until he's a forty-year-old man, and he's gonna win probably multiple championships over there, or at least that's gonna be what his career is defined by: the Dodgers, not the Red Sox. Which is tough. Tough scene. We love Mookie. But, anyways, anything else, boys, as we wrap up here? I know, Zach, you had a very big point to make there. Fuck Duke. The uh, big is back. The big back. is playing football right Ohio now. Ohio State, huge win today. <laughs> Dominated. Justin Iowa, Fields looks great. My he Hawks did. Did great. are tied 14-14 with a minute left in the second quarter. Wonderful. So, again, Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. thank you all for tuning in. It's been the Mouth and Off Sports Show. Dan Sadik here with Ryan Brown, Zach Lacey, and Jonathan Sullivan. Again, fuck Duke. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. And uh, go Pats. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place. Blue water.